0: Hi, right, this is Billy Sands. When well, I want to spice up my barbecue, I always listen to Chris and Case on the Detroit Lions broadcast show. Lions with it, second and goal from the eight. Down six, but on the move. Chris, working from the gun, looks out to the right, now checks out that Viking defense. Takes the snap, back to pass, looks right, got Case in the end zone. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. That's should have the bag, start the plane, this game is over. How big is that? And now it's time to start the Detroit Lions podcast. Lions fans, it's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions podcast your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And and, and now... The guys people are talking about when they discuss monkeys and footballs. Chris and Case.
1: Hey, howdy-ho, Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions podcast. We're up to episode 196. This is the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit. I am your dashing host, Chris. And with me is my good friend and co-host, Case. How you doing, man? I'm good, Chris. How are you doing? So, Case, I heard that uh, Sky Linehan was released by the Cowboys. Any uh, any, any chance we can bring him back? Bad, Chris. No. no. Stop. No. Okay. Well, fine. Well, we will talk about the OC situation in today's show. We're also going to do a dive. This is our first cut on free agency. We're also going to cover the Shrine Week report. We got Riz in the studio with us. It's sexy as ever. We got that whole lot more. Great show lined up. Case, you ready to go, my man? Riz, go make him sit in the corner.
0: Let's kick this off and break it down.
1: All right, time to do a couple of quick announcements first. Check us out and help us out on Patreon. Special thanks to Dylan from... (laughs) Oh, yeah, of course. Our very first donor, Mathis. And Brian B. from I Prevail. Iprevailband.com. Check it out. Big news coming from them, Riz. They got a new album going oh, soon. Oh yeah. I can't wait. It's gonna be so good. Good stuff. Uh check it out on patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. You can join the crew. You get access to our sweet Slack. Okay. Look, Riz, case you guys can you can vouch for me here. The most intelligent lions
2: chat on the internet. Tell me I'm wrong. There are no slappies. There are no, you know, annoying uh trolls. It's it's great. I love it. Yeah, and Riz is there. Cases there there. A bunch of people there. It's good stuff. We've added some of the uh,
1: the moderators from the subreddit, DetroitLions.reddit.com. It's great stuff. So you get that as joining as a Patreon member. Also, when we do our pre-show show, you get that and uh, all kinds of pre-announcements, like the fact that we're doing that live stream tonight, the fireside chat, some other stuff. So good stuff coming on. Join the Patreon crew, Patreon.com slash podcast. As little as a dollar a month. Helps the show. Helps keep us doing all this great stuff we're doing. And get you access to that cool stuff. Give us a like on Facebook. Facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast. Facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast. And check us out on the Twitter machine at DET Lions podcast. DET Lions podcast. The very best place to see case. With the no pants army. Oh, an army. <laughs> now it's getting good. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Get, make sure to hit that uh, notifications button, that little bell, so you get notified when we go live like we will tonight, as I just mentioned. YouTube.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. Get subscribed and get access to that cool stuff as it happens. Rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you find us. We love those five-star reviews. Make sure people know what they're getting into with the show. Let them know how much you love the show. And if you have any constructive criticism, that's what the subreddit's for. Go ahead and give us a comment on one of the show threads. They're always at the top of the subreddit. And uh, we take it, we respond, and we work with that and make everything better for you. Give us a call via Skype. Detroit Lions Podcast. Detroit Lions Podcast. Just that one word. Or you can call us on the Lions line if you prefer the phone. 929-33-LIONS. It's 929-335-4667. Leave us a message and get a chance to hear yourself on the show.
0: Tighten your chin straps, kids. It's time to review this week in Reddit. All right,
1: it's time to talk about all the fun and exciting things going down this week in Reddit. And it's been pretty Quiet on the Lions front, Riz. I really haven't heard a whole lot of talk about
2: anything happen. Is there any news that you've heard of? I uh, I heard something about a coach being interviewed. Maybe, maybe, maybe he got hired. I don't know. Case, maybe. can you confirm? I think Riz is talking his ass here.
3: It's been a it, it was kind of a roller coaster um, because uh, we we hired Bevel as the offensive coordinator, and I'm assuming everyone listening knows that. Um, and there was this immediate like, uh oh. Kind of <laughs> yeah, right <laughs> that went out that went out through the uh, through the um, Twitter and reddit and and everywhere it was like, "What the fuck did we just do?" kind of situation. <laughs> then, you know, as often is the case, people kind of calmed down a little bit and started looking at it uh, a little bit more and and this, it looks a lot better. Uh, or at least not as, you know, catastrophic as, as some people, uh, it, their initial emotional reaction to it seemed to be. There's a lot to like here.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, that's the sound of Riz being in the studio today. I'm sitting here looking at me, giving me those, <laughs> and those beautiful goo-goo eyes. Hey there. We were talking about just this topic as we were getting ready to to set up and get ready to go here. It was interesting because it felt like people, like the report the reports came hot and heavy when the uh, when the announcement was made, but it was like, hey, we hired a coach. Yeah. And then it was like, um, yeah, it, we hired a coach. And then it was like, hey, you know, I, I read some stuff about this coach. And then finally, we started getting some reporting about the coach. It was like it caught the the, the press flat-footed. And, and, and Riz, tell the story about this. This was really interesting to see how that kind of supports just that.
2: Yeah. So I had gotten a text uh, the night before, whatever night that was. I think it was. Was that Tuesday going into Wednesday that this happened? I I think so. I got a text that night right before I I passed out um, that said, be ready for something tomorrow. And then um, I got another text at like 530 that morning, the next morning, that said they're interviewing somebody today and they're planning on hiring who they interview. And the person who... Told me that I responded, who is it? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> and, I, and I believe him. <laughs> he, he knew that somebody was coming in and that they were, you know, very high on it. But he, he
3: legitimately did not know who was going to Allen Park that day to get hired.
1: That's crazy.
3: I mean, they're doing they're really doing a good job. This like James Bond. Uh, keep everything quiet until the last possible second. thing. so. Yeah. And, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about that specifically on the
1: um on the uh, fireside chat tonight, some of the draft strategy and some of the things that uh, Riz has heard from staff, some of the international. We, maybe we'll touch on that a little bit here, too, as well in this show. But uh, yeah. it's
2: an interesting change in, uh, they in are, philosophy. They, they used to be, especially in the Schwartz years, um, more so than the Caldwell years, but they were always very transparent about who they were scouting, who they were interested in. It was very easy to pick who they were going to select in a mock draft. Um, unless you were Mel Kiper obsessed with D. Milner, it was pretty easy most years. Um, This this year is going to be tough. Uh, I have some pretty good ideas on what they are looking at now, but keep in mind the coaches haven't scouted a single player yet, and that always changes things. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely.
2: So
3: we did get a name. What was his name? I don't think we've mentioned it yet. Uh, it's Darrell Bevel. Never um, heard of him. <clears throat> if you want to look at a little bit of history here, uh, he was the offensive coordinator with the Vikings from 2006 to 2010. Um, they improved every season he was there up until the last season, which was the year that Brett Favre completely fell apart physically. Um, so, you know, that was a good, you know, uh, a good feather in his hat that they, that they progressed as they did, um, over that time. then he went over to Seattle and basically a very similar thing happened where the things improved and improved. And he had a couple, he had, uh, I think three seasons, uh, where they were top 10 in, um, points per drive, which is to me, that's the most important offensive statistic. Um, when all is said and done is points per drive, because, uh, it, to me, if you, um, that, that just shows the efficiency as opposed to the ultimate total scores. Um, if you're scoring on every drive. It's better than having a million drives and scoring on half of them um, just because you give the other team that many more opportunities to score. So, I mean, that points per drive is what I like. And and he did very well in those statistics while in in Seattle for most of the time he was there. Um, both, both teams, when he took over, were in kind of rough positions so that he was able to take both teams up um, into better situation that's good. Uh, his last season uh, or two in Seattle weren't necessarily... Incredible. Um, if you talk to Seattle fans, they'll tell you that they had maybe one of the worst offensive lines that's ever existed uh, during that time, which and you can decide, you know, how much uh, to place that on him and how much not to. But obviously, they weren't putting a lot of capital into that offensive line while he was there either. Um, he's most obviously well known for the play call at the end of uh, Super Bowl two years ago where uh, they decided to pass the ball instead of running with Marshawn Lynch. And uh, it was intercepted by Malcolm Butler and the Patriots won. Uh, if, if uh, As Patricia has specifically said... They didn't really give them the option to run. They had completely stacked the box, and and most uh, the play call itself was not necessarily a terrible play call. The execution was bad, and once again, you know exactly how much blame you decide to place on a guy for that is up to you. They're the bullshit. but <laughs> uh, it's certainly like you know you get a scapegoat kind of guy for a situation like that, and he was the scapegoat for that. It's interesting because. I,
1: if I, At least, and you can tell me if I'm wrong here, but my understanding is that that was a Pete Carroll call, not a Bevel call.
2: And uh, Dave Burkett, to his credit, interviewed Tavares Jackson, who was the backup quarterback for the Seahawks in that game. And he did, in fact, confirm that Pete Carroll called the play. It wasn't Darrell Bevel. And by the way, I like to point out the fact everybody gets hung up on the fact that he called the, the pass. Right. They were about to win a Super Bowl. A
1: Super Bowl, yeah. With,
2: with an offensive line that sucked.
1: Well, and that's another piece about him <laughs> that people tend to seem to not want to talk about. And the fact that um, you had Tom Cable, right, who we, we mentioned just, just a moment ago, who's who a superstar in the NFL. <laughs> in the NFL. Um, he was not just you know, the O-line Robert guy. Prince. He was the run game coordinator. I gotta pull up um Bevel was the passing game coordinator. So the people right now that came in right off of Bevel and said, Oh my god, this is it. We were right, it's a run first, run heavy, only gonna be run. It's like a big 10 football. I mean that's I mean basically what they're saying, right? Like uh no. No, you might want to rethink that. And I also think the other the other narrative that he's uh he's you know he's gotta modernize is the guy did not spend the year off with his toes in the sand drinking my ties and rum runners that's us tonight riz. <laughs> yeah um and not thinking about football he was coming back to the game he knew he was coming to the back to the game riz and i were talking he reminded me he's only 48 years old the guy's a young fella um he was definitely coming back you know he was studying he was thinking and he was evolving uh how he approaches the game and, and if not I'm, I'm i'm happy to be wrong but i don't know anybody that would that would freeze themselves in time like that and and expect to work in the NFL.
3: No, I think one of the most important things, sorry, I'll I'll get this out quick. um, Is just that if you look at his history, it's not like he's run one specific um, style of offenses In is in, it isn't all run heavy. It isn't all pass heavy. He's adapted to his situations. And I think that um, the versatility that he's got in that area now, he is a West coast offense style guy, but the versatility he's got in that fits the Philosophy of the of the head coaching staff. So
2: It does, and that is something that Patricia mentioned last year was that he liked the ball control but taking shots, and that's exactly what Daryl Bevel did for the most part in Seattle most of his career there. Let's go back to Tom Cable for a second. Uh, Evan Silva tweeted this out um, from Roto World, and uh, Roto World, by the way, was an unduly harsh on hiring Bevel, yeah. um, so take that for what it is. Um, that was not Evan, by the way. Uh, I know who it was, and it wasn't Evan. Let's just leave it there. I'm looking at their offensive line ranks under Tom Cable: um, 25th, 31st, 26th, 30th, 28th, 32nd, 24th, 26th, 31st. Good stuff. I mean, that's why weren't we looking? <laughs> that, that, there? That, that's elite. That is
1: that is that is Ron Prince wet dream right there. <laughs> well, did did we go to? The, I mean, it's obviously we went to the wrong place here. We went to the wrong well.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and a coach said this to me. A coach, I, I, right after it happened, we had West practice that day, and I went in, and I, I knew that there was a coach there who had co- coached with and worked under Bevel, and I asked him about what he thought. And one of the things that he told me was, "This will be the best offensive line he's had." Now, he he didn't go back into the Minnesota era; um, right. he's he's probably not old enough to do that. But he he did. He was mentioned talking specifically to Seattle. Their offensive lines were really, really bad, right. and they got worse the
3: longer he was there. Which, they, once again, they really just didn't give him anybody to work with talent-wise either. They spent very little money on the offensive line, and they've spent very few draft picks on the offensive line. Yeah, um, and the ones that they did didn't
2: there. work. Their their starting guard for the most of the time was, was J.R. Sweezy, who was a defensive tackle in college. Yeah, I and mean, they, they they tried a couple other. They tried a guy from Buffalo, um, a couple of years ago, who was a defensive tackle. They tried to turn him into a center with a sixer. It didn't work because Cable can't coach.
1: Part of their O line strategy is to have a highly mobile quarterback, right? I mean, that's exactly <laughs> yeah. exactly part and, of the and game. And
2: the other thing is that they always thrive with running backs who instantly attack north south, no east and west crap. Get the ball, run forward. That's Marshawn Lynch. That's Chris Carson. That's. Christian Michael, the three days a week that he's healthy. That's that's all those guys. Uh, Pro size when he's healthy. Having healthy running backs has been a problem for them too. Um, <laughs> that, that that also factors in though. They had I think it was it was no it wasn't. It was this. It was 2017. They had like eight guys that got at least 20 carries. So that he's he's free to move around. So for those of you who love Zach Center, hi Case. <laughs> There's going to be a
3: role for him. I love Zach Center. Yeah. Um, and, and we'll get I'll get into uh, running backs just a little bit when we get to free agency stuff. But um, yeah, I, I definitely agree. And it, um, I don't want to say I don't want to give people the impression that I'm necessarily like entirely over the moon with this. But what I will say is that one of the things I was afraid of was that we were going to take, you know, a hot shot um, QB coach at because we've seen that play out. Uh, on a few occasions here, and it just hasn't been, you know, it hasn't been good. Having somebody with experience calling plays that that actually has, has done a good job in the past calling plays and being versatile and doing different things um, as opposed to guys who uh, really just want a very rigid uh, system in place, like our last two offensive coordinators, maybe even our last three offensive coordinators. Is uh, that gives me some degree of optimism that we won't see the kind of things where you know opposing teams know exactly what we're going to do before we do it.
1: Okay, I can't, yeah, yeah, I, I can't really give you a hard time over that, and I want to, but I really can't. So I'll let you go. I think, I think as if he we speaks it, the truth, Chris, Damn Damn you, hell. <laughs> uh, I think as we look at this, I mean, overall, I'm not one to tell people how to feel, right? But I'm going to walk away with this one a little bit optimistic, and that's not just Homer Lions fan me. I, I think everything I've seen here is pointing to this is a good hire, and uh, if it's not, it won't be right. And we'll we'll see; it'll show itself. I don't know if it'll show itself right away, but by the end of next year,
2: we're going to know exactly how good this. I would freeze it as it's a good hire for Matt Patricia because it's a it's a move where he is getting a guy that clearly want, values the offense the same way he does, and and values. the the plan of attack that he likes. And I think that solidifies this as Matt Patricia's team. We will see if that's a good thing or a bad thing in time. But now for now, you know, Cooter was a legacy. He was a holdover. It wasn't his guy. Now he's got his guys. Now, if there's something wrong with the offense, you we'll realize that it's it's more of Patricia's philosophy and or the players who are here just aren't that good. Yeah. Um, rather than blaming the coordinator. And that's 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 gonna take that takes a lot of pressure and puts it on on not just on Daryl Bevel, but on Matt Patricia and on Matthew Stafford and the, the group around him to play better than they did this year. Let's talk about one other thing that we we touched on before
1: uh we, we went live recording here. Um we talked a little bit about the idea that it's run first, run heavy, run, 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 run. It doesn't mean that it's a Big Ten-style offense, right, Riz? Oh, God, no. Let's let's talk about that because I think a lot of people are missing some of this nuance here. And,
2: and you did a really good job of putting some clarity around this. Yeah, so the New Orleans Saints run a run-heavy offense with Drew Brees and Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara. They do a lot of things off of running, and that's exactly what Matt Patricia wants is what the Saints do. With with little less tempo, I, I I do think that the whole tempo thing is still going to be an issue, really? I, uh, and some of that is Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford likes to to have a lot of time before the snap. I think that's that that's something that we're just going to have to swallow and bear for a while. But in terms swallow. of of play design and schematic and fluidity, mm-hmm. you can do a lot of things. Look at the the Kansas City Chiefs, not this year, but last year when they had Kareem Hunt. We're very big into having the run and run and run and set up the dynamic passing attack off of that. That's what the Saints do. The Rams do some of that with Todd Gurley. The Cowboys do it to a lesser extent with a lesser talented quarterback and Dak Prescott with Ezekiel Elliott and a very loaded offensive line. Those are the offenses you should be watching because that's what the Lions are trying to be. A lot of those teams are still playing. I'm I'm kind of okay with that. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, absolutely. It's not it's not the Tennessee Titans where Marcus Mariota hands the ball to Derrick Henry and essentially falls down. And and you they say hand it to <laughs> I mean, I know you'll like to switch things oh, up, but I mean you you can you can just say that. Oh. <laughs> It's not. that You gave me a blunt reference and my face immediately just dropped. It did.
1: It, did. it took a lot of life out of you. I apologize for that.
2: <laughs> the smile has left your eyes. Let me let me
1: ask you good guys another good question, because this came up in in the chat. And OK, so there's there's, you know, where I'm going, um, Kareem Hunt's out there. And he is. He's somebody's going to pick him up. We know that, right? And I, I originally made the point: there's no way. I mean, it, so let me. I'll go all the way to the back to where I started the point. You know, if you kind of look to a little bit, you know, um, Quinn cut his teeth with the Patriots. The Patriots will pick up a guy like a Josh Gordon or a Randy Moss, who are character issue guys, and and they will force them to live within the structure that they have and be good boys or be gone. Right? That's that's it. I wouldn't put that same kind of thinking away or um, outside of the realm of what Bob Quinn would do. Now there's a little bit of more of a, maybe a cage around him in, in in Martha right and and the way yes. the organization wants to run and um, I, I would say I look at that I don't want to say choir boys right because that that gives a wrong impression but there's a lot of good guys high character players on the Lions right now it would be like a Belichick thing to do to pick up a Kareem Hunt with a team like this and 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 put the focus on his behavior and and redemption and then I said and then of course the Lions also kicked up their off their big social justice thing this week and between that and Martha there's no freaking way now let me let me because I'm a contrarian sometimes let me flip that okay and then you guys tell me what you're thinking is and how crazy I am on either side what if you made him the face his redemption arc the face of this social justice thing because social justice is about change it's about changing the way people treat each other they act towards one another and um, changing maybe some of the priorities in, in the world today you take a guy who has to go through that change and who could show it and invest it in the community, right? Talk about a story. You talk about a redemption arc. You talk about a way to 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 take something that would be perceived as a big negative but by hiring him, pair it with that, and make it something really, really special and something that goes with that message. Okay, tear me apart.
3: I completely agree. You know, and we've talked about it in the past. You know, I I very much believe in in uh, people getting opportunities to become better people. You have to show that you've become a better person. But giving somebody an opportunity to prove that they can be a better person doesn't make you a bad person. It's a
1: real risk putting Kareem Hunt is the face of your social justice program, though, isn't it?
2: It is. And some of it is he's still not cleared to play in the NFL. Right. That, that's an important footnote. Nobody can sign him right now. Nobody can sign him until the end of this league year, which is uh, March 14th. Um, so put put that out of your head for a little while. That's after the combine. So they'll have an idea then because that's everybody's there, including the commissioner. I'm. I like Kareem Hunt. I've met him personally. I've, I actually interviewed him in the pre-draft. I know his agent fairly well. I I think he's a good human being who had a really bad run of it, there. Was, there was more than one. Yeah, and that's that, that's I think what the big holdup is. If it was just the one that we all saw at the hotel in Cleveland, I think we would probably be over it now. There are more. The NFL is aware there's more. I'm not sure that they've seen it. I haven't seen them, mm-hmm. but they. Uh, And Hunt even alluded to it in his ESPN interview thing that he did with Lisa Salters, which was really good, by the way, was that this wasn't a one time thing. And that's that's a little what's what's worrisome, you know, that he
3: he, he was, you know, actually willing to say that out
2: loud is right. And that and, and, and to go to the Patriots for a second. They've had they've done this with guys before uh, they picked up Josh Gordon this year, who, obviously not a, a criminal, but a, a massive drug addict. And it worked for 10 weeks and then the bottom fell out and he was gone. And that's the sort of zero tolerance that you need to have with Kareem Hunt, too. If he if he gives a side eye to a parking attendant, you know, <laughs> your ass is gone. Yeah, Well, no, you're right. And, you know, I if, mean- he, if he tells Mike Rusty to stop slouching. Out of here, yeah, yeah, that's my job,
1: <laughs> but i I tell you the thing the thing is and and you're exactly right they, it's about you know getting out the out when they when they have that failure and the and the Patriots have been really good about doing that with players like Gordon and so on. No one, and I want to be really clear. I'm not advocating to build the the '90s Cowboys <laughs> in the Detroit locker room. Okay, I'm just wondering. Here's a guy. You can see it from a couple sides, and there's a couple ways that you can look at this. And I don't know. I don't. He he would certainly fit if you if you take all of everything else except the game away. One hell of a fit for this team. Him and Carrion. Oh God,
2: he's an amazing running back. Can you imagine? Amazing running Holy back. Cow. He's a better running back than Carryon Johnson, and I think you all know I like Carryon Johnson quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. He was the NFL's leading rusher as a rookie. I mean, come on. I mean, he's not faster than Case, but other than that, we're, we're well, like- he's he uh, t- uh, again. He's not fast either. That's one thing. I if we're looking to, to lead in the case a little bit for the free agency thing, the 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 biggest
3: need is a speed guy. And that's not hard. Yeah, I won't argue with that. That is a need. It's been a need for, you know, the last ten years. Well, I'd say the biggest need
2: for a speed guy I mean, is on the I mean, edge. But okay. Amir Abdullah was was supposed to be a speed guy who ran four six. That's right. probably and, not and the
3: best. I thought. mean, Job best was a speed guy when he was Oh oh god, blind. the eleven
2: games he was healthy was amazing.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but it's just been a consistent issue. So no, I, I completely agree. Um getting one is easier said than done. So um uh, when I get into free agency stuff, that's that is not the, the tack that I have today, but Ooh. we'll probably we'll probably look at it, you know, as as the uh, offseason unravels, see what our options might be in that area.
2: I like how you use the term unravels, not unfurls, <laughs> unravels. It's all going to hell.
1: <laughs> all right, man. OK, so there there is some other news. We touched on it in the opener um there's some guy named Lin uh, Lina uh line ahead. Line Mr. Han from Doing the Cowboys lines. who's now free.
2: Mr. Han. <laughs> there's no
1: birthday party for me here. If it's your time and it's my time.
2: learning about Cuba having some food.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know every line in that movie. We, yeah, I can tell. Every line. <laughs> I am rarely outdone with that, but I I can tell you're going to be my match. Um so let me ask this. Because it seems like the Cowboys are late to the getting rid of your OC party. My speculation, and, and a lot of good OCs have been picked up. My speculation is, is they felt like maybe the Lions had a little bit of an inside track on Waldron and O'Shea. And and they probably have their mind and their eyes on one of them. And um, once we hired someone, it cleared the way. It's pure speculation. No data Now, that, right?
2: okay, but- So somebody, and I forget who it was who said it, but somebody from the Dallas media reported that they had interviewed a coach within the last 48 hours, and that coach took a job somewhere else. The only offensive coordinator who got hired this week <laughs> was Mr. Bevel. There's been some assistants and guys who who could be theoretically considered coordinators. The Browns hired a bunch of guys, so that that's some of it. Uh, the Packers hired a couple guys, too. So maybe that was there, but you have to think that their eye was on Daryl Bevel. And now maybe linehan got word of that and bitched a fit we don't know that but that's 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 certainly a, a dot you could connect you could connect the fact that they lost and and i think jerry probably watched the game again and and probably did it without hookers around this time no no i mean that not realistic did it without i was gonna say who's their john bon jovi but they don't really have one they need a celebrity fan. Troy, and also- Aikman. Troy Aikman. Haven't you seen him every Sunday? Yeah, Maybe <laughs> Aikman had some influence on that. I mean, they do talk all the time. Maybe it's like, you know what? You, you've done what you can do with, with and And there's a chance he could go back to college, by the way. His son is the quarterback at Vanderbilt and will be a prospect next year. So there's that angle, too. Very interesting. So, if he doesn't take another job this year, it could be like Bevel this year, where he's taking a year off to watch his kid. Not then that Bevel has kids, but that—that's something that these guys sometimes do, right?
3: right, and right. I don't—I don't think Linehan is the worst offensive coordinator in the league. Uh, given Cowboys fans' reactions uh, to his firing, you would think he was. <laughs> uh, we and and they're Maybe all they're all elated, and I'm not saying <laughs> the cool they won't end I'll up with be someone speaking. better. Because I, I certainly don't think that uh, Linehan was an elite <laughs> offensive coordinator. I mean, he got one good season out of our offense and the rest of it was pretty trash. Um, now, there was a lot of extenuating circumstances in terms of injuries to uh, uh, skill players and things like that. Um, but I don't think that, you know, I, I think there are worse guys. And I think we've had worse guys. Yes, since- yes we have. Uh, so I think you know it it my fear for the Lions in terms of picking up a guy like Walter Roche uh could come to fruition for the Cowboys if that's where they go um where they get a guy who with a you know a, a fast riser who ends up you know not really ready to be as you know uh, adaptive, inventive as you know forward thinking uh, a guy who just wants to come in and run somebody else's scheme um because that scheme worked somewhere else but isn't really bringing you know anything truly new to the table um, that's a strong possibility for them you
1: know and when when people talk about looking at the stock market watching signals and and charts and so on, one of the things that let me know that Cooter was done for is when the reddit the subreddit was uh, lamenting the loss of line of hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: was gone. Oh man, you know, he, he's a perfectly fine quarterback. They Dallas, they're probably in scapegoat mode too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, they've got. How a, is
3: Garrett? How is Garrett there, pulling so this off? Like, well, that, I thought that five years ago. So yeah. a lot he's of people have pictures. thought that
1: for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> he's got pictures. Okay. All right, so that's the offensive coordinator shakedown. A lot of information, a lot of stuff going on. And uh, let me just, before we leave the OC, I want to ask a question. I'm surprising you guys with this one, and we'll go with you first case. Um, when How would you grade the Lions versus the rest of the NFC North in the OC hunt?
3: Oh, that's, I mean, it's a good question. Um, it's way too early to answer. No, um can I can still answer. It, well, it, it really depends because I mean, what we've seen and I, I, I don't think, I think, you know, Matt Nagy runs the Bears offense. So, like, that's, it's not so much an offense coordinator issue there, Where whereas Bevel will run our offense. Um, but I think Matt Nagy uh, did a good job this year with those guys, uh, ultimately, you know, with what I think is a limited quarterback. Um, he also faced, as I mentioned last week, and I'll probably mention many times over the rest of the offseason, he didn't really have to deal with any major injuries. Um, Kyle Long missed a little bit of time, and that was pretty much it. So, if they, if they do end up dealing with with any you know issues next year, uh, especially since they can't really add talent uh, through draft or free agency with how little capital they have. Uh, we'll see you know if teams figure him out, as as you know people like to say. Um, obviously, the Vikings struggled. I don't know that what they got is an upgrade. They got rid of John Filippo, who who came in riding really high, just wasn't able to get it done with Kirk Cousins in a bad offensive line.
1: You want to give some Kirk Cousins love there, Riz, before we move Holland, Michigan in the house, baby. <laughs> it really is in the house. It's right here. Uh, all right, so there you go. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll go with that case. What about you, Riz? How do you think we stack up against the rest of the uh, North, NFC North in our selection?
2: I I feel better about us than I do about the Packers. Oh yeah, and they're. I mean, they they changed head coaches too, and they brought in a young. Offensive guy, and they brought in a young offensive guy under him as their offensive coordinator, a guy that a lot of Lions fans thought would be interested in our job and Nathan Hackett. I, I, I like him. He would have been fine in Detroit for me, uh, but we'll, we'll see what the, they are. That Aaron Rodgers personality really scrambles. It, Aaron Rodgers is going to be a very difficult person to coach. For a guy who's roughly his age, yeah. um, it's going to take time for Rodgers to get that trust in the coach and not vice versa. And they're smart if they're building around Aaron Rodgers and, and making him be the face of the franchise. But at the same time, he's, what, 35, 36 years old? I was to say, wouldn't it be smart to start building around your they, staff? I think they're, they're in a case where they could fall precipitously quickly and for a long extended and period. For, yes, because they do not they have some talent. I think we I think uh, myself included have poo-pooed some of their their levels of talent, but they do not have it in the places that are important other than Rogers and, and Devontae Adams. And I can tell you where it's important. Oh, my God. It, it is Sir Mix-a-Lot booty thick. Those are the important places. Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that guy's brilliant.
1: <laughs> Should have him on more. All right. We'll move on here really quick. Got to talk about our friends at Fanatics. Don't, you know, you get all your lying stuff. You, you're you're repping yourself. Riz really bummed me out because we're doing the senior bowl thing here next week together. We got the Shrine game. Um, oddly, case you're gonna love this. <laughs> so I have to make a really difficult choice here at the Shrine game. I was I found out today I wound up with press passes. So do I go sit in the press press box or do I sit in the NFL suite? I mean it's it's a difficult and they're they're
3: literally <laughs> right next to each other. <laughs>
1: Case just hates me now.
3: <laughs> I just be I'd just be bouncing back and forth, getting a drink like at each place. So everybody thought I only had half as many drinks as I actually had. <laughs> no, no.
2: So let me You're let me give you the the, very well, Case, the, uh... the
3: press box food
2: at Tropicana consists of hot dogs that have probably been there since the Rays last home game. Yeah. Yeah. And cookies that were probably baked before that. And a broken soda machine last year. So yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, you that's were tr-
1: testing the enam- enamel on your teeth. But it's for the kids, right? It's for the kids. So, uh, yeah, no, that'll be good. We're doing the Shrine Game and all that. But um, Riz informed me that I can't wear my team gear. And damn it, that's all
2: I own That's correct. team you, gear. When you go to the Shrine Game or uh, uh, Senior Bowl practices, don't wear team gear. That's, that's like a faux pas. Unless you're being fanboy. And you you don't sit with you go sit in the stands with the the fans um, because it's in it's in a football stadium it's in Lad People Stadium which seats sixty thousand people I think um, it's and one side one side is like cordoned off the side that the press box is on for NFL staff and even I credentialed media which I've been forever can't get out into there. you don't um, see me getting there. You you, ha- you have you you can get your ways in there, um, but it's I prefer to watch from the end zone. That's just me. I like all twenty two that's what sure, i like to do sure, so sure. i'm I, I sit in the i sit in the west end zone um where the sun can shine, shine my face which is lovely um uh, but at uh yeah m- unless you're being fan man um and and i'll I'll go uh, uh brandon from missouri uh we all know him oh yeah the, comm- yeah. the commission on, uh on Twitter, um, I've met him several times on there. He and a group of people, the SiriusXM heads, they all get down there and they all wear their fang gear all the time. And that's cool. It's great. They, they, they're awesome. But when you're not, when you're trying to also be part of the media, you can't do that. You cannot cross those streams. So the, terrible news, right? Because that's all I have is fan gear. I mean, I wear it. You to are church literally on wearing. Sunday. You're wearing Lions
1: gear right now, <laughs> right? <laughs> I wear it to church on Sunday. I I have my very very best Lions shirt, you know, set aside for Sunday. But uh, so you know, I have to go out and get my thing. But you know, you guys, you guys aren't me. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So you get the opportunity to head over to DetroitLionsPodcast.com click on that fanatics link and get all lined up. Get your shirts, get your hoodies, your sweatshirts, get your uh Tigers jerseys, Red Wings jerseys, you got some Pistons stuff going on, a lot of fun stuff going on in Detroit. Maybe no super championships right now, but there's a lot of hope for the future and a lot of good building going on. And uh rep your team. If it's college team, you got a new OC over there in uh Michigan who from Alabama. That's 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 a good grab right there. You may see some let's see my Jim Harbaugh football back there. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm I do see that. That's I'm nice. I got that for me for Christmas. Uh, <laughs> but uh, all kinds of great stuff. Any kind of team you can think of. Head on over to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Click on that Fanatics link and uh, they'll say, hey, wow, there is and Case and Chris. They said, you said, they sent us here. We're going to give them a kickback. Great way to support the show by doing something you're going to do anyway. And God darn, you're going to look good doing it. So there you go. All right. Also got a quick, a quick shout out to John. Uh, goes by Yashi, which is a killer name. on uh, On Twitter, he's got uh, a new baby on the way. He, he was chatting up. He was chatting me up uh, last week on, during the playoffs. Good guy. Nice. Also, want to say hey to Nick, one of our Patreon guys. He's uh, he's a really cool cat. We were uh, also had some really good lines chat going on on a side channel on the Slack. So there you go. Whoa! Yeah, There's side channels oh, in the Slack. Yeah, oh, Wow! Yeah. You want you want one one access to case? You want to get? It's not just Tinder. You can use the Slack to do that, so join the Patreon Group. All right, let's do – Case is really – this is one of his his specialties, right? The off-season is when Case cheers the loudest and has the most fun with the NFL. And uh, he's done a lot of work for us this week in getting ready for our first cut in free agency, Case. We're ready for you, buddy. Uh, you want to go ahead and, and uh, start off, or? Well, oh wait, oh, I got you here.
3: And actually, yeah, four. Uh, well, yeah, no, those were the three. Unless uh, i and then we also. That's a strong report. Thank you, Case.
2: That's brilliant.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was a high point. Um- <laughs> he was. I, I always have to say when we play that he was talking about how how making himself and speaking clearly <laughs> when
3: he did that. It <laughs> we'll see what we can do here we'll see if i can if i can repeat that but um so obviously uh it's early um one of the big problems with trying to look at free agency this early on is that a lot of teams are going to be making cuts uh and and sometimes very good players will get cut uh just because of cap situations so um there's You can look at all the free agents you know are going to be available or, well, I shouldn't even say that because a lot of guys will also get re-signed. You can look at that, but the landscape is going to change quite a bit. Um, I just want to throw a shout out to Justin Rogers because he put out an article on on the Detroit news um, about our situation and which players he thinks are likely on our team to get cut. And it's a good article. I would recommend checking it out. I I think I agree pretty much uh, straight down the line with him on everything. Um, What? um, Well, Hey, I should say friend of the podcast, Justin Rogers. (laughs) 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 I'm trying, man. I'm trying. (laughs) call him Justin. just call him um, <laughs> <laughs> take me back baby um
1: <laughs> he's on tinder too you can find him. maybe grinder i don't know
3: he's got us cutting glover quinn which totally makes sense as much as we all love glover quinn it saves us about uh six million a little bit more than six million and cap he, uh, might re- he might retire anyway so good right be moot. Uh, TJ Lang and I know that J- Jeff you've spoken a little bit about this um, he's uh, it would be a shocking if he got paid the 11.5 million that he would be owed this year shocked. Um, whether whether or I, I not think we sign
1: him but just for he said he'll right. come back for less right I, and I think we we probably draft someone and if, do kind of a swap out kind of almost like you do with defensive guys a rotational piece I know that they they need to get to know each other and, and work as a as a group but one thing we've seen is it is a rotational group just the way guys get hurt and uh he's also he's also started making a pretty decent coach he was still on the sideline while he was injured helping coach guys this year I saw that at the games that I was at um the other thing is I got to say <laughs> just really quick after the bevel hire and Burkett put something then could have been construed kind of negative, negatively. TJ was all over that right away. And I got to, I got to, I love, I love TJ's got a great personality, right? He's, he's, he's a funny guy. He's a cool guy. He's obviously a hell of a team player, but he, um, he, he, he calls it, he calls it real when he sees it. And that's, that's good. That's a good quality to have too.
3: Right. And, and I completely agree. If they bring him back though, it won't be, on the contract he's currently on. Uh, I I feel strongly about that. Um, We won't uh, cut Damon Harrison. (laughs) How can you cut a player who, you know, came in and had such a major impact on, on the defense in such a uh, a big way. He's owed $7 million. Cutting him would get $7 million. There would be no dead cap, but you know, he's worth the 7 million. So there's almost no chance they cut him. Uh, Riddick is a tough call. Um, They'd save about three and a half million for cutting him. I'm not sure he's worth that three and a half million at this point in his career. He's not as shifty as he used to be. Um, It's uh, that's a tough call. It's a really tough call and it would really depend on what else they thought they could get out of free agency in the draft. Um, So keep an eye on that one. Nevin Lawson's another one where I suspect his um, 5.9 million for next year is too high for them. They would save about four about $4 million from cutting him. And with uh, lots of veteran cornerbacks, not long-term solutions, but lots of veteran quarterbacks hitting free agency and lots more probably to come uh, as guys get cut for various cap reasons, I would not be in the least bit shocked if they decide to move on from Lawson and brought in one or two veteran guys. And by veteran, I mean, 30 plus year old guys, uh, which definitely isn't like a long-term solution. But obviously, if you remember rushing Mathis, it worked out there. Uh, it's worked out with a lot of these other guys who might get cut where they are. Um, they just can't afford to, you know, be kept on at their, at their you know, ever increasing salaries. So they'll, you know, get cut and start again on a lower on a lower end type of thing um
1: can we can we just look at that cornerback position it's pretty well pretty common knowledge there's not a lot out there at the cornerback position in free agency there's a lot of talk about us and our desperate need for a cornerback too i saw some people talking about maybe denard might get freed up i haven't seen if anything happened with him he's one that maybe would fit or at least be an upgrade is this something that we'd look at in the first round of the draft if we didn't get a free agent? And you can talk about Denard after that. I saw a, a strained <laughs> look on your
2: face. Well, I, <laughs> I, I think that's just you're projecting somebody who's still on a team. That's that's difficult. I try to avoid that. But he's not signed, right? He, he's he's a free agent this
1: year,
3: isn't no, he? No, he's signed, but there's he's a good signed. chance he'll get cut. Right. There, he got would it, be got a got a, got a, uh, a roster
2: or a salary dump. Okay. Okay. Um, and they they do need to do that. So. Uh I'm I'm of the opinion that I don't think they're looking at cornerback in the first round. I think they that's not a position that they the Patriots typically value as a first round pick. It's not something that they like to get guys who used to be first round picks and sign them on their second contract. That's right, how they got right. Stephon Gilmore that's, among many others. I think everybody's yeah, thinking is that way, big. right? Like, I mean cuz a cornerback yeah. takes 2 to 3 years to develop anyway. Who wants to be right. the one and that the fact that. you have Darius Slay he is your alpha corner. If you bring another guy in, then you might run the risk of having two that can work. It can also be a massive disaster if Darius Slay feels threatened by it. And and I'm I'm just I wouldn't know if Darius would be or not. But some guys can handle that. Some guys really don't want that competition. And I don't know if Slay is that way, and he has earned the right to have that right of refusal.
3: Yeah, I won't argue with that. Um, so anyway, it'll be it, what I suspect will happen this year is a stopgap situation at the cornerback two position. And then hopefully the, the, it'll look a little brighter. So a lot uh, next like year. the
1: last three years,
3: uh, this will be more of a change. I mean, I mean, I would think, you know, we bring in somebody with a bigger name than, uh, Hayden was when we brought Hayden in, uh, but it'll be somebody older. Um, and like I say, you know, those guys are, you're not looking at those guys long-term, but they do have the skills, uh, to, you know, make some important plays happen. Uh, you're just not, you don't want to rely on them too heavily. And, and, you know, that's just, it is the state that we have right now. Um, I also think that on that topic of drafting one in the first round, I think that Greedy Williams is likely to be this year's Darius Geis in terms of that. We are all absolutely sick of talking about him by the time the draft rolls around. So. There's that. And um, I told
2: everybody last year that Geis was not a serious competitor, and I don't know that about <laughs> Greedy Williams yet, but I would suspect that's probably going to happen again. Yeah. <laughs> I have my suspicions um, there. I'll give you a free agent name to watch, Kareem Jackson. He's going to be yeah. 29 or 30 years old, former first-round pick of the Houston Texans. He has converted to safety and back twice. He's a pretty good player. He is a perfectly solid CB2. Sure.
3: I'm not going to go through the rest of the guys he's got listed here. Um, I, I Like I say, check it out. I generally agree with him. There's an opportunity here for us to free up a fair amount of cap space, um, you know, it, it, between 10 and 20 million, which would, uh, depending on, you know, what other teams do in terms of freeing up cap space themselves could move us up uh, rather significantly in the uh, in the order of of who has the most cap space, especially uh, when you factor in how many teams have some big free agents that need signed. Um, where we really don't have many guys that we're probably looking at re-signing. Let me. Uh, I just want to ask mean, one. I mean, no, no expensive guys anyway.
1: Well, let me ask about one really quick. I love Golden Tate. We've heard that uh, a couple times. Well, I'm gonna. I'll get into that. Okay. Uh, okay. I just. I, I know you want to. And. I know you love golden tape <laughs> <laughs>
3: um it, one of the things that I absolutely love and they they are only kind of just starting to roll it out this off season is uh uh spot track, track yes um they do a a market value uh on guys and and as you if you go on their website right now it's s p o t r a c dot com you can you can find uh all the off season information you need um I, I go i switch between that and uh, um uh, uh, what's that over the, the cap over the cap. That's the one. Um, so I, I use both of them, uh, use somewhat interchangeably. Some are, uh, one of them is better at some things. The other is better at other things, et cetera. But, uh, what Track does is give you a market value that gives you an estimate on what an average contract for guys will be. And two of the guys that they have up there already are Golden Tate and, uh, is it Adam Humphreys? Yes. From Tampa right. Bay. And those are both guys who, um, I would love to see with the Lions. Obviously, Golden Tate's one of my very favorite players ever. I'd love to see him back. Given his age and that he will probably cost about the same amount of money and and trying to project those you know market values isn't an exact science because obviously there's tons of fluctuation in terms of uh, rising and falling stocks and... Um, you know, exact language and contracts and that kind of thing that can really, it can really throw things off, especially if a guy just decides he really wants to go to a place like the fits good or he likes the quarterback or whatever. Um, so it, it, it does get pretty difficult to predict, but they, at least it gives you a basis and they have both, um, they're both sitting right around 10 million, um, per year on their average. And Adam Humphreys is 26 and Golden Tate is 30. And uh, I'll tell you, one of those things sounds like a very good long-term solution.
1: One the of those sounds like
3: a good short-term solution. Yeah. Sorry, I always <laughs> say the dumb thing, right? I, I'm, uh, I failed all the standardized tests. I would love to see them go after Adam Humphreys as one of their big signings. He's going to get some money. Uh, 10 million is not a cheap contract, but he's been productive. And I think he's got a bright future. And he definitely fills a role that we are desperately needing to fill. Uh, there's also, I mean, there's other wide receiver options, uh, both in the draft and free agency. He's kind of my prize right now in, in terms of uh, filling out the wide receiving group. Interesting. Case has a favorite already.
1: <laughs>
3: will, I haven't gotten that far yet. So, will there be a love song?
1: <laughs> will there be a love song? No, I like that. And so, you're, you're. How? I mean, you and Justin are pretty well aligned on what you're thinking. Are are the the pickups and the the places to look? Huh.
3: Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. And, um, the, okay, so, uh, two other quick, you know, positions, and I mostly spent my time looking at the, D, at the offense, uh, so far. Like I said, we'll have plenty of time to come back to these conversations as the offseason evolves. Um, the running back, as you mentioned, you know, Kareem Hunt's out there. I think there's going to be a lot of veteran running backs getting cut, uh, due to cap issues. So it would not surprise me in the least if we did not tried it again with a different Venered running back and attempted to make them, you know, a stopgap number two, uh, while drafting a mid to late round running back uh, to hopefully, you know, build up into that situation. That give that if they did that, it would give them some flexibility. They wouldn't have to feel any pressure to truly go after a great running back in the draft. They could just get a high potential guy and work with him uh, while Zenner you know, holds down the number three role sort of indefinitely. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see. Uh, like I say, if you want <clears throat> to figuring out who is going to get cut due to cap reasons is difficult, but there's just a lot of guys out there uh, who talented guys who probably have a little bit left in the tank who we could bring in and and give them, uh, give them a shot Um, that obviously you'd hope that we'd do a better job with our offensive line and our play calling. and, And hopefully a situation with the guy like blunt doesn't happen again, but you know, it is what it is. And then tight end is the last one and tight end is not a good free agency class. It is supposedly, and I've looked at it and, and, I'll be perfectly honest I'm a little bit underwhelmed compared to what I the hype that I heard in terms of the draft but just uh, Jeff might disagree with me there but um I uh there's once again again I think there are several uh, older free agents or older uh, tight ends who are likely to get cut by their team for uh, cap reasons, and I think those might be the guys that you know ultimately we end up looking for. There's one guy, and I'm I'm just crossing my fingers. And boy, if he got cut, we'd have to go after him.
1: I hope it, I hope we're. Talking, I, I hit the the cough button and quietly said something to Riz. I hope you're you're thinking the same thing as me.
3: <laughs> it's Kyle Rudolph. Oh! <laughs> he's the guy i really really i really hope that the vikings because he is going to be expensive for them they really don't have cap space to work with uh, they're going to have to make some hard decisions this year and that might be one of them and if they did cut him bring him the hell in and then still draft a rookie still draft a rookie in like the third fourth fifth sixth round and but but let him sit you and, know and get rudolph and toy lolo going and uh, Blandino can weigh in with his thoughts on that. This guy needs a, and I'm going to find him and just give him a big. <laughs> f- He's talking about a contract, just so you know. It's a, it's right. a contract, in that, in that contract.
1: Sure,
2: <laughs>
3: sure, Dean. So oh, anyway, that's my that's that's my early uh, look at, at free agency stuff. Like I said, there'll be plenty more to come there as we go. So nice. It wasn't bad, Case. You know, you you really you really knock it out of the park sometimes. <laughs>
1: All right. No, really, really good stuff. Thanks, But And that's the first cut. There will be many more. There's a lot still to talk about as free agency comes forward. And as we talk about with the draft coverage, we've got a lot coming up this year. We've got some really great stuff going to the School of Riz uh, starting tomorrow. Boy. School of Riz. Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> I was a terrible teacher, by the way. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, so was Jack Black, but things worked out in the end. It was a heartwarming yeah. story, wasn't it? It was a heartwarming story. <laughs> so there we are. Uh, really quick, before we move on to the first cut on some of the, uh, the draft books. We got to talk a little bit about Amazon. Everybody loves Amazon. You love Amazon. I love Amazon. You might get your prime. You might not, but you got to get the prime. And if you do, head to DetroitLionsPodcast.com first and click on the Amazon link. It'll take you over there. It works a lot like those fellows of fanatics. If you go through the Detroit Lions podcast site, they say, wow, those cool guys sent you over here. And they'll give us a kickback. They help us out. And uh, they give us a little percentage. Never costs you more. And and let's face it, that, that Bezos guy, you don't want to help pay his divorce fees and lawyer fees and all that. You'd rather see that money come to us. You'd rather help us out, right? That's why you're listening right now, because face it, you just love it. And it's a great way to help support it without actually spending any extra money. So we love it. Head on over to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Click on that Amazon link and, and help your brothers over here out. And uh, we'll keep getting better. We'll keep improving. And look. You'll see tonight in our live fireside chat uh, how good it can be and how much further we can push things. Um, I'm gonna right. do my hair. No, <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's move on to some insights from Shrine Week this week. Riz, you've been spending the time, I was unable, even though it's local, man. I it was either Senior Bowl week. Or Shrine Week because I just had a big long vacation already. I only been back to work for two weeks after almost a month off, and they're just like, "No, no, one yeah. only." So, I chose the Senior Bowl. Tell us a little bit about what's happening. All Maybe right. just set up the Shrine Week so people understand yeah. this because some people probably don't know what's going on.
2: Yeah, the Shrine Week is. This is guys who are. This is less prestigious than the Senior Bowl. These, what? these, these are uh, these are guys who've played for years. Most of the guys who are here will be happy to be drafted in the fourth, fifth, sixth round. Uh, Just a ballpark is that probably I'm going to say 40% of the guys here will be drafted and the rest will be well most of the rest will be signed shortly thereafter there are some guys here who have no future whatsoever and it's pretty clear XFL too. there's the XFL and, and the AAF which is kicking off very soon too A-F. we got to we got to give a little love to the AAF um i know a couple guys who work in that league they're they're doing a good job so i excellent I'm happy for let me interesting to see what um, comes out of that so that this is there are occasionally guys here who wind up being in the second or third round. Taron Armstead is a guy who is, comes to mind, who was really, really good. Javon Hargrave was really good. Um, but most of the time here, you're getting guys who are backups. Zach Zenner was here. Theo Riddick was here. TJ Jones was here. Uh, those are the caliber of players. Quandre Diggs was here. These Those are the caliber of players that you're getting. But that's a real wide span. I mean, Quandre Diggs, if
1: you look at him right. this year. But he wasn't wow. that
2: regarded coming out of Texas because sure, he was sure. small. Um, that's why he's the Yeah, uh, exactly. Um, uh, uh, who's our left tackle that we had for a while um, from South Carolina? Oh. Corey, Corey Robinson? Oh, yeah, Robinson. He was here, too. Um, he wasn't very good here either, but he still wound up getting drafted. So that that's the kind of guys. You're not looking at guys who are going to. You're, you're not projecting any of these guys who ever start a game for you. But if they do, great. Um, and there's some guys here that have some starting potential. N- not a lot at position of Lions needs. There are a couple of guys in... Uh, pass rush mode who do fit. Now, keep in mind, I don't think the defensive line, defensive tackle, is a need for this team. Defensive tackle. Right. Guys who play with a hand, with one hand in the dirt on the edge, maybe, but I'm I'm looking more at an outside linebacker type of pass rusher, a guy who's under 260 270 pounds right who has got some speed right. and some strength and right and, and those guys blast that pocket those guys typically aren't Anthony Zettle, another guy who was here um fits that kind of guy um although he's a little heavier than that but uh, there's not that real guy there's one guy here dalen mack from texas a&m who was a five-star recruit who never developed he looked better this week than he ever did in college station and there's some hope for that uh, but then again the the west offensive tackles oh my god if if they draft any of the linemen, um, there's one lineman here. Um, uh, I, I want to call him Kiefer Sutherland. But his last name is Sutherland. <laughs> uh, Twenty-four. It's Keaton Sutherland from Texas A&M is the only G- only zone. offensive lineman on the West team I would draft, and he's pretty good. Um, but he's not a guy who ever moves people. He's a zone, strict zone scheme guy. Interesting. Yeah. So the, it's it's not. This is for this is my seventh year here. This is one of the. You know it's weird because there's a lot of really good college. Easton Stick is here, the quarterback from North Dakota State. Hey, there was a good quarterback. He's not good. Out of their last had. eight
3: seasons, they've won the championship. Yeah, he's really unbelievable. Nah, he's much more
2: Brock Jensen than uh, than yes, Carson right. Wentz. Yes.
1: <laughs> talk a little bit. You had some some fun stories. One was, was well, I don't know if we want to talk about the phone one, but
2: <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll save that for the fireside chat. Okay, that, okay that's okay. a good
1: story. But there was a good one about uh, talking about hustle and yes. a good one talking about some throws from the quarterback. So, yes. so, so one of the so nice things about
2: here that's different from next week is that you can stand on the sidelines next to the players and the coaches and you can get like like they they break off into position groups. If you've been to a football practice, you know this. So I was I was uh this both of these happened in the same practice, too, like 10 minutes apart, which was pretty sweet. So the first one there was a guy who was dogging it after a rep. He he was a wide receiver and he ran a route and it went down the field and the throw was terrible because it quarterbacks here by and large terrible and he was starting walking back and the coach said and i'll, I'll get very close to the exact quote here um if you can't h- if i have to tell you to hustle you don't belong on my team and Ooh. and that's what i say to case every time we do one of these damn podcasts and i still have to yell it and you know what was great was i tweeted that out and like instantly the coaching community on twitter picked up on it it was brilliant <laughs> So I th- I thought that was good, yeah. but the other one
1: it's it's one hundred percent real,
2: right? It, it, absolutely, it, that, and that's something that that is something that the guys are watching. How, how do they handle between reps? Do they run between stations? Some guys do. Some guys. There's one guy on the East squad in particular who was always the last guy to show up for the reps. And it's like,
1: are you here? You're not here
2: for the hot dogs, right? <laughs> okay, exactly. This, this is a job interview, right, right? And If you can't take that seriously, maybe. Maybe you don't have a job in the NFL.
1: And only four out of ten. I mean, it's, it's it's a trip to Florida maybe for some of the guys. But are they coming here on their own dime to do
2: this? Uh, they are here on their agent's dime. Okay. Although yeah. there were a couple of guys here who wound up switching agents this oh, week. But agent poaching has begun as well. Oh, wow. That's always interesting. Fun stuff. I have a good story for, on, for the fireside chat on that, too. Okay. Not not from this year, but from right. the past. Right. All I'm right. Now let's talk about you. the quarterback. So the other quarterback. Uh, and this, was, uh, <laughs> this is David Blau from Purdue, who's here who's actually one of the better quarterbacks here. That gives you an idea of the level of quarterback play here. <laughs> so he's he, they're doing a drill and he's throwing it and he throws like three balls in a row that are low. And so the quarterback's coach from the East is like, "Stop throwing it his nuts. Throw it his fucking hands." <laughs> it's
1: <laughs> a different kind of coaching this week than yeah, this table too, right? Yes.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, and this is this is an all-star coaching staff. Like I I, I I'm proud to say I met Aeneas Williams this week. Hall of Fame Defensive wow, back. Wow. He's coaching the defensive backs for the East. I was standing next, so I didn't realize it was him for a minute. I'm like, "Holy shit, that's an es Williams next to me." i got to say hi. So All I right, introduced right, myself right. in between stations, and he was very nice about it. Um, so Sam Mills Jr. is one of the coaches. There's the, the Minnesota Vikings offensive line coach is the East offensive line coach. The defensive line coach from the Falcons is the West defensive line coach. So you get a hodgepodge next week. It's staffs that are intact. Yeah, which is a little different.
1: So if you weren't following Jeff Risdon on Twitter, it's R-I-S-D-O-N, although we call him the Riz and it sounds like a Z. Jeff Risdon. Yep. Check him out. Follow him on Twitter. There's a
2: lot of great videos, quotes, the whole thing. He's been reporting on all this this week. I have a lot of fun. This is my favorite week of the year to really? to, to work. Yeah. Um, I, I do actually wind up working a lot. And uh, my friends who were with me will tell you that I, I was working at the Toasted Monkey for six hours the other night. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I got a good two hours of work done. But you only
1: started liking it last year when you came started coming here, right?
2: Well, Yes. Oh, yeah, that's the right answer. Your internet works. The hotel at the, my hotel Wi-Fi was so bad. It took me two minutes to download not porn, but just like images to put in articles from the USA Today database, which normally takes a second, it was taking like two to three minutes. It what? was awful. Why
1: is it the guy that lost his a, a virginity in a McDonald's bathroom is telling me he's not downloading porn and I don't believe it? <laughs> I had HBO in the room. <laughs> Watch Oceans 8 twice. That's I'll like, tell you, the Spectre Vision in Vegas, that's always a winner, man. That's, that's 100% guarantee. All right. So, yeah, good stuff on Shrine Week. Uh, again, we're doing the Fireside Chat live on the YouTube channel tonight, so go ahead and go and there.
2: For, for those of you who want to watch the Shrine game, it is at 3 p.m. on NFL Network on Saturday. That's right. E-S-S-T. And then the NFL PA Bowl goes after that. And there is a linebacker there that you need to know because the Lions have scouted him. It's the guy from Nevada Reno. His name is Malik. I can't think of his last name the the lions have some interest there so if you if you're really bored and and or lonely you can watch the NFLPA game after that is from california and uh, pay attention to the, the linebacker from nevada and I'll be what is it, Siciliano? Siciliano? How do you say his name? Andrew Siciliano.
1: Siciliano is doing the play-by-play. I'll literally be—he's in the the suite next to us, and he'll come over for it to eat and stuff. So if I get too much to drink or things, I just want to leave. You may hear, and I love Zach Zenner, come across that broadcast at some point. So he's so he's like elfin
2: in size; he can fit in my pocket. Well, yeah, but you're like yeah. you like the Jolly Green Giant. Well, so that's not true. green, but. <laughs>
1: All right. No, that's great. That's good stuff. Uh, Shrine Week, a lot of fun, a lot of good stuff and stuff to look at. And it's really interesting to see guys coming for a job interview when four out of 10 might might make it somewhere for some small period of time. You're still talking about a lot of money. You know what I mean? More money than they'll make with NFL, that college degree. NFL minimum degree. <laughs> contract is,
2: what, four sixty yeah. a year? Practice more, practice squad guys make minimum of twenty grand a week?
1: More than they'll make in year one with any college degree, just about, right? A four-year yes. degree. So yes. not a bad plan to go and get your, your career started, even if you're going into something else. So you should be hustling if you're there, boys. Come on. Let's get that together. All right. From there, we're going to go on. And just a quick touch ahead to, what, to what's going on next week for the Senior Bowl. We shall be there. It'll be the Riz. It will be me and we've got Sandman coming. Sandman's
2: coming. That made me so happy.
1: So we will all be there. We all got our press creds. We're gonna do some we've we've got some really big plans, some live streams, daily live streams coming from the sideline. Next week's podcast that's that's
2: Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Um, there is no practice on Monday. We may do something Monday. Yeah, we'll be indoors though because it's gonna be like forty-five degrees and probably lit. But (laughs) it could be yes.
1: (laughs) So we'll we'll do something there, and so it's gonna be a video podcast next week that we'll do. Um, in addition to the live streams daily from the sidelines of the senior bowl, we could get Justin Rogers to come on. He's down there. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking of just setting it up in like a, a corner of a bar somewhere. We can do that. Yeah. So we'll do that. We'll sit down, hang out, have some drinks, have some fun. Shoot the BS and do that kind of thing. And uh, it's all going to be on YouTube, our YouTube channel. So, YouTube.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Again, make sure you get subscribed there and get a piece of that action. And uh, this will, like I said, School of Riz, kicking off some of our draft coverage. We've got Free Agency Watch going with uh, Case right now. He's starting to dig in on his draft stuff as well. We're going to have the best coverage yet, which will culminate in a giant eruption (laughs) with the draft and our annual draft party. It's going to be good. And uh, like we talked about, we got some really, really killer upgrade equipment that, you know, we talked about. You guys can help help support us, help pay for all that stuff um, through the things we talk about normally and uh, help us do that. But uh, it's going to even culminate further after the draft to the uh, the big party at training camp this year. And I can tell you, we've already got some amazing national level guests signed on we'll leave it at that so good stuff coming on <clears throat> on those bombshells are you guys ready to call it a week it kind of stinks that we got we we do have to end it but we got to do another show riz and we do a blow to blow yeah, our we're whole the, we're here.
3: rush this week but yeah. we, we got some good stuff in there yeah yeah, yeah. all right Thanks, guys, folks
1: remember this show needs your involvement use the comments and subreddit give us your feedback that's what makes us the number one detroit lions podcast also, don't forget about us on Patreon and all that expensive equipment we get to buy. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Sign up for as little as a dollar a month and you get the Slack chat and all the other great stuff we do. Also, check us out on Facebook. Facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast. Facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast. And follow us on Twitter at DET Lions podcast. The very best place to see Case. Sons of Penza. Oh, Very Give us a call via Skype, Detroit Lions Podcast, all one word Detroit Lions Podcast or on the Lions line at 929-33-LIONS, 929-335-4667 and go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast so we can come in your little box automatically. Thank you for tuning in. Remember, we'll see you next time on the Detroit Lions Podcast where we have no pants, no toasters and no problems because we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. <laughs>
0: Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over. Hey, Dean Blandino here, and I can tell you unequivocally that call was 100% wrong.
2: Oh, my God. It it is Sir Mix-a-Lot booty thick.